1: Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. We're brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Call 317-849-2933. Make an appointment to see the best dentist I've ever gone to, the only dentist I've gone to for 26 years, the great Dr. Mike O'Neill. Again, 317-849-2933. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts, the opener coming up this Sunday. Now, it's been since 2013 since the Colts won an opener. It's been since 2014 that they've beaten the Jaguars in Jacksonville. No preseason tape to look at. Really, really interesting times. We'll talk to Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator of the Colts, and Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator, in just a moment. But let's talk about what this season means. For the Indianapolis Colts, you know, we came off when Chris Ballard got hired. Ryan Gregson was reviled in Central Indiana as a GM of the Colts, right? He had not had a losing season among his five. He went eleven and five three times, and then eight and eight and eight and eight out the door he went, and in came Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard has employed tactics that I personally subscribe to: building from the inside out, building a locker room filled with guys who are less interested in building personal brands than they are in winning. You want winners, guys who are going to do what it takes to win football games and do what it takes to try to compel others to feel that same way. I think that Chris Ballard has done a great job of that. But through three seasons, two losing campaigns, one season, they went to the playoffs. That was a season when Andrew Luck was the starting quarterback. Andrew Luck retires. And so last year, you kind of give him a Pasadena right? Because no luck completely changed the way this team was constructed. This year, though, like you've got to adjust. That's the way it is. In the NFL, not for long, right? Which means a lot of different things. But in the case of the Indianapolis Colts, it meant Andrew Luck, not for long. His wife, kind of like, Andrew, what are we doing? What kind of life is this? So Andrew says, you know what, we got all the money we're ever going to spend. Let's get the hell out and not do this rehab nonsense anymore and not work 20-hour days and leave you sitting at home for 15 years. Let's not do that. So they didn't. He retires. Jacoby Brissett proved not to be the guy last year, so you hire Phillip Rivers. Well, at some point, you got to go in football games. And with Phillip Rivers, the San Diego and then Los Angeles Chargers, what did they do? They have gone to the playoffs with Phillip Rivers as a starter who missed no time whatsoever during that period. Didn't miss a start. They missed the playoffs five years out of six. In five years out of six, Phillip Rivers was in the top ten in terms of interceptions thrown. That's not good. Last year, he threw 20 picks, and the Chargers went 5-11. and 11. Now, he might have had a terrible ragamuffin offensive line. That could be the case. But the truth is, he was a starter for 16 games, and they won five of those games, including one against the Colts in overtime in Los Angeles. This has got to change. A 5-11 quarterback, a 7-9 and team, no first-round draft picks, DeForest Buckner, a guy they traded a first-round draft pick for, they sign him, and, and you got DeForest Buckner as your three technique for a while. Hopefully, he stays healthy. The Colts are what the Colts are. Year four under Chris Ballard, they got to start winning football games at a a meaningful level, which means nine or more, and hopefully you win the division. If they can't, you've got to start looking at Chris Ballard either as the victim of a horrific run of bad luck or as a guy who might be employing tactics that, while we agree with them, don't necessarily work in today's NFL. I hope that they start winning because it validates, I think, how to build a team for all of us who believe in team-first football. Let's talk to the great Matt Eberflus about this odd uh, preseason. Thanks for taking the time, Coach. I appreciate it. Um, the lack of tape in the preseason, how, how does that change your uh, this week as the run-up to the opener? Uh, in what way does that change kind of the way you do your business?
2: Yeah, good question, Kent. Um you know, again, you got to go back to the, the tape from uh, what Jay has done in the past and also what uh, we've seen with each individual player. Um, you know, and when we do a, a good job of that with the individual coach um, studying their, their tendencies, be it offensive line, running backs, uh, receivers, and quarterback. You know, so that's what we have to go off of. And, uh, you know, those guys played well, you know, um, certainly – and we have our challenge ahead of us with those guys. But um, it's important that we we focus on on, on any game as focus on what we're doing and how we're doing it is, is as important as, as looking at the opponent.
1: Is there anything you can look at from Week 17 last year where you played against the Jags? Is there anything within that season finale you can look at and say, ah, we've got an idea of what they're going to do?
2: Yeah, I think you, you, you really draw on a lot of things uh, when you c- prepare for our first game. And, and, you know, that's, you know, all the snaps from the players that are currently on the roster uh, to look at their, their skill sets, uh, be it receiver or quarterback or running back. I think that's a, a good way to do it. And then you look at our past performances against these guys, you know, in terms of, again, I know it's a totally different scheme. Jay Gruden's a new coordinator, you know, Bob McAdoo's a new quarterback coach, you know, the same line coach with George. And so, you look at it, and you, you encompass a lot of different tape when you're playing a, a, a new group. And then also what their acquisitions are. You know, you look at that and see how they're going to uh, filter those guys into their scheme and use their skill sets as well. So uh, there's a lot that goes into it um, from a lot of, lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, that's the best way to do it uh, going forward and, and how you uh, want to attack uh, a particular unit.
1: Is the ability to create takeaways, and that's what the defense has got to do, is the ability to create takeaways, proportionate to the quality of the defensive front.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a. If you look at all the takeaways, you know, in the course of the, uh, you know, last year, and w- which we do, we look at those. It's going to be a combination of uh, rush and cover, cover and rush, and then also pressure. You know, so it'll be a combination of that, and really, a lot of times, it's it's a, it's a really good player. Uh, beating another player and, and, and making a play on the football uh, in the pocket um, you know so that's that's uh, again the the talent level at the D line and, and the coaching over there so it's uh, it'll be that way really pretty much for every team
1: how do you feel about your quarterbacks
2: yeah so the, you know the corners have been working with Jonathan uh, you know and myself over the past uh, you know couple of weeks and and we're excited where they are you know they're they're going to be, uh, you know, a group that we, we, we plan on playing well. And we want, we want them to come out and execute and execute the techniques that we're teaching. And we feel good where they are, you know. So we have, uh, you know, five guys or so that we feel that can play uh, inside, outside. Uh, some guys are more outside, but some guys can play inside and outside, which is always what you need. And it's kind of what we lacked a little bit last year. You know, and now we got TJ and Isaiah uh, having the ability to play inside, outside, um, you know, for us. And that's something that we have in terms of our depth. So we're, we're super excited about that with our scouting staff bringing that in for us. And, uh, you know, to answer your question about Isaiah, he's doing well. You know, he's he's a work in progress like all these uh, rookies are, and he's going to continue to uh, get better uh, with uh, understanding what we're asking him in terms of uh, the hustle and the, the execution. And uh, he's going to continue to work at that.
1: We know you always prioritize tackling above virtually all else. Are you concerned about the level of tackling? Will there be more focus on that this week because you we haven't had preseason games?
2: You know, we did tackle live um, in our scrimmages. At times, we had live tackling drills and in individuals. At times, you know, so we we, we feel like we're we're uh, prepared for it. But again, uh, when the when it's the game snapped, we got to do a great job of, of sticking to our fundamentals and details and our good angles and and being being on top of that as we go. So um definitely a concern and uh we're we're going to work on it again this week.
1: All right, thanks coach. Now we turn to the offensive coordinator of the Colts, Nick Sirianni. Thanks for taking the time, coach. I appreciate it. Let me ask you about Philip Rivers and and the lack of prep, not necessarily time, but certainly tape for the pre from the preseason with the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, does having a guy who's played for 16 years like Philip Rivers does that present an advantage for the Colts this season?
0: Yeah, good, good question, good question, Ken. I think there's there's no doubt that we can't obviously know what they've been what they've been doing in practice. So it's going to be hard. No doubt, is it going to be harder to surprise Philip? He's been 16 years. How many how many plays a year? Let's just say a thousand. Thousand plays that's a lot of that's a lot of plays what 16 16,000 plays so that's a lot of plays that he that he's seen and he's seen different defenses so no doubt um we, we feel like that's an advantage but we we also know that we have to be ready for anything that they can throw at us right they they study tape all offseason and they they probably put new new plays in in the offseason so we're gonna have to be ready to adjust to anything they have um fortunately philip philip sees a lot and He's seen a lot, and not only um, he may see you know he may see it right at the beginning. And if not, we'll we'll make adjustments ne- as needed on the sideline. And and even with that, Phillips Phillips huge uh, being able to be there with with that because of how much how much experience he has.
1: How much of the playing time is scripted? A- as far as uh, okay, we've got this play coming, so we're going to use these guys. How much is about game flow?
0: We have a plan that we go into the, each game with and like, Hey, here's who we want on these certain plays. And, um, and so we, we, definitely script it out. Like, here's who we want on this play. Here's who we want on this play. Here's the guys we want in on this play, but naturally through a game, um, you know, you, you sub because to keep guys fresh and we feel, and we feel so confident in everybody in our, on our roster uh, that we're willing to do that. So that uh, it, it's, yes, we do script it, but, naturally throughout a game guys need breaks and um, again confidence in everybody that
1: that's going in do you have a favorite philip rivers story from your time in san diego
0: you know I, i think in the 2014 season he was he was going through some some i don't remember exactly some injury things and just he toughed it out he was there each week and you really didn't even know if you know nobody even really knew that he was ever injured i mean unless it was on the injury, you know, unless it was on the injury report or anything like that. Um, Cause he's just so tough and he got any, he, any he guts through it. So I remember that being in the 2014 season, he was really, he really fought through some injuries and fought through some you know bumps and bruises and, and played really well. Um, it's always exciting. I think, I think I'm always excited to see him after a, a touchdown. Cause he plays with so much energy and so much juice and so much competitiveness. I mean, there was a lot of touchdowns. Obviously, when we were in San Diego, we had a lot of touchdowns together. But I guess I think about um, the Rams uh, when it was St. Louis Rams in 2014. Uh, he, checked, he checked to a screen and, and hit a big play and, and we were all going crazy and he was going crazy. And I, I vividly remember that, that as well.
1: What are your expectations for Rivers this season?
0: Yeah, I expect him to to be the guy that, that leads the offense. Um, you know, we know how accurate he is, and we know um, how you know he's a great decision maker. He's accurate. He makes good, fast decisions. So I I expect that you know, I expect that out of him in the pass game, getting us into the right protection call because he you know he, he studies he just he, he's this guy studies blitzes and and the opposing team more than, than anyone I've ever been around getting us into the right protection call, getting us into the, the right check um, in the past game. And then in the, in the run game, again, just running the show, uh, checking when he needs to getting people in position to make plays. So I just, I just expect, I expect the same uh, from what I, what I've, you know, obviously we have a lot of years and a lot of history with him. And just, I expect the same uh, Phillip Rivers that, that we, we had when when we were in San Diego with the, you know, together.
1: Thanks coach. It's Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator of the Colts this weekend, the Colts, they're eight point favorites, seven to nine point favorites on the road. They win 83% of the time and they cover 55% of the time. We'll see if that holds to form this weekend in Jacksonville Again, it would be their first win of a season opener since 2013, it has been a long time since the Colts went 1-0 and after week one. A long time. You want to make the playoffs winning the first two games? That really helps. We've seen them do it without winning the first two games, but it really helps to go out and get that done. Tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent, as always, bright and early, straight up 8 o'clock on Facebook Live. And then at about 8.15, immediately after we finish Facebook Live, we do it again on Periscope. And Twitter, it's a show so nice we do it twice. All brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. 317-849-2933.